There's a lot of different ways that I can do these intros and say, guys, this is why NXT was really, really awesome this week. And NXT was really, really awesome this week, but more importantly than that, NXT was a lot of fun this week. Let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your NXT review for September 15th, 2020. Yes, we're still in the COVID times. Yes, the world is still falling apart. And yes, I'm still here to tell you how awesome NXT is. But we're going to do the house cleaning first, as we always do. Uh, back on Tuesday, Kristen and I finally got back together. We got another episode of Flix Fix out going over... Most of the trailers and previews and whatnot from DC Fandom, it's a couple weeks late, I know. Um, I'm not going to pick on, on her like I did in the podcast. You're going to have to go back and check it out yourself, either here on the channel or, you know, Spotify, whatever the, uh, it is. Um, as you guys know that have been following the Flix Fix, following the movie reviews that Kristen and I do, we have gone on a Marvel tangent for quite a bit, so to completely flip the switch and get into some more DC stuff, and there is some more DC stuff coming down the pipe, it was a lot of fun, there's a lot of things we're looking forward to, you know, there's a lot of crossover between Marvel, Walking Dead, wrestling, and DC right now, as far as actors and producers, directors, all that kind of thing, lots of fun, I'm looking forward to Batman the most, that's a little bit of a spoiler, also, we did set aside a decent amount of time to address the recent passing away of Chadwick Boseman and, uh, you know, just what his passing away means, what the character of Black Panther means. I, I wish I was more educated on some of the other things that he's done. Unfortunately, I'm not. So it becomes sort of a singular conversation, but we did, we did make that part of the podcast as well. If you want to get in on that type of thing, if you want to know why I didn't, you know, put a tribute in here, I figure I have a movie related show now, so I just, I, I left it to that, so we, we addressed the, his passing away, which is super unfortunate, also, everything to do with Robert Pattinson dealing with COVID, The Rock and his whole family dealing with COVID as well, 2020 can lick my asshole, like, right, can, can we, can we, we can just stop, we can hit the reset button, um, it's, it's terrible, but there is stuff to look forward to. Like I say, I saw New Mutants. Uh, I don't know whether I'm going to get a chance to come up here and talk about it, but I did go to my first live show, uh, since the beginning of COVID. Destiny put on The Clash, and, um, you know, they literally pulled the ring out into the parking lot so that more people could be there. The main event was our current champion, Josh Alexander, taking on Mike Speedball Bailey, who I'd never seen before, and Jesus Christ, I want to see this guy fight again, but I'm not going to do that here. Basically, what I will say is shooting star Neediora to the back of the neck was one of the highlights of that match. I'll, I'll, if you follow me on social, you've seen it already. If you follow me on Facebook, follow the Spaz Phoenix podcast group on Facebook, you've already seen some of the stuff that I've put up, and it was, it was a really good time. So, shout out to Iceman and all the guys at Destiny for putting on a really, really good show. It's, it's been a long time coming. Um, obviously, we've missed it. Obviously, there's, there's people there that I'm sort of getting to know in the crowd, which is kind of nice, which you don't get at a WWE show. I get it. Um, 
speaking of other shows, I want to send another quick shout out to Guapo and Ruffin, who are off and running with their uh, Wednesday night wrestling show over on Facebook Live, which if you guys are watching this live on the night when I put this up on Thursday, it will be live. Their show will be live shortly after this show ends here on YouTube. So go check them out. Look it up. It's the Wednesday Night Wrestling Show. It's Guapo. Uh, you guys know he's my AEW guy on here. They're talking uh, NXT. They're talking AEW. They're picking on me a lot because, you know, I'm in Canada and we've got bagged milk and ketchup chips and whatnot. It's fine. Um, speaking of social media, you guys, some of you know, I was having issues with Twitter. My Spaz Phoenix One account got shut down because somebody out there in the internet world decided to be a dick and lock me out of it. So I created at Spaz Phoenix on Twitter. Um, now both of them kind of work. Uh, I, I know this sounds redundant and monotonous and most of you probably don't care, but if you are following me on social media, first of all, I appreciate it. Second of all, for the time being, if you're following me on Twitter, follow at Spaz Phoenix and at Spaz Phoenix one. Uh, I'm going to leave them both open for a while and whichever one works, I'll leave and whichever one doesn't all shut down again. Instagram is the same at Spaz Phoenix. Uh, go to Facebook, find the Spaz Phoenix podcast, Facebook group, all that sort of thing. I will say, go follow all of my awesome co-hosts. Go follow Kristen, because we have been having a lot of fun with the, with the Flix Fix series as it's becoming a thing. Uh, follow my AEW guy, Guapo at Guapo underscore 504. Follow my NXT guy, the, the uh, I was going to say the late, great Jake DeMarco. That's not a thing. The great Jake DeMarco, super sexy Jake DeMarco at Countdown ended and... I don't know. I've never had him on this show, but go follow Joe Cronin as well at JCS Commentaries. Okay, Fabe, I'm sure he's floating out there in the ether somewhere, so go follow him at Okay, Fabe. I think he's fallen off the wrestling radar, what doesn't mean he's not still a good dude. Um, going into tonight's show, now that I've awkwardly tipped completely off the social media conversation, it was a cool show tonight. A lot of functional stuff. This was not a pay-per-view worthy. Uh, Wednesday night show, but there's a lot of functional stuff because we do have a takeover coming up very quickly. I believe it's August 4th. This was one of the many announcements that we already knew about before we went into this show. First of all, the next NXT takeover is on Sunday, October 4th. We don't know what it's called. We don't know what the theme is or anything like that. So they're just using that generic yellow, that generic yellow takeover logo that was the original takeover logo. Uh, it's, it's really good. Uh, we are told via the modem of social media that William Regal is going to be on NXT with not one but two if one is good two is better special announcements on the show tonight it was confirmed that Wade Barrett has signed permanently to be the new commentator at the at the commentator desk for NXT and there was if you don't believe me if you don't understand why I love Shotzi Blackheart so much we know that she's got a match with the Shirai tonight but there is a promo that she cut and it's in a video clip on her on her Twitter, which is, I think, at Shotzi WWE. And it's her cutting a promo on Io Shirai, and it's all great. It's all addressing what happened last week, how we got to the show tonight. And basically, it's addressing the fact that Io Shirai last week said to her, don't make me hurt you. And she ends the promo with a little piece of paper that says, hurt me on it, and staples it to her fucking chest. So not only is that awesome, not only do I love Shotzi Blackheart, because I'm a mark, I kind of want to see Shotzi Blackheart versus Darby Allen now. Never going to happen. That's fine. 
Um, we start with the replay like we usually do. Uh, we see, obviously, Finn Balor becoming the new NXT champion, or, or I guess, regaining the NXT championship. We see uh, Tegan Knox visiting the Garganos, which is awesome. Ripley beating Martinez in the main event. Um, Ripley's fucking awesome. What else is there to say about that? And we start off the night, and this is... I'm, I'm going to get super nitpicky for a second, and then I'm going to tell you how awesome this was. This was a great match. This is a great way to start the show. It was legitimately a great way to start the show. I wish this match had ended the night. And yes, that's totally based on my biases because we opened up the show with Shotzi Blackheart versus Io Shirai. The big uh, virtual image of her tank on the Tron as she's coming out to, uh, to full sail is awesome. Offers Shirai a handshake to start the match because it is... I mean, even though Shirai's sort of like edgy face, it is still face versus face. Officer, the handshake, it gets smacked away by Shirai, and off we go. Collar double tie and a top rope clothesline by Shotzi, followed by a trip. A pinning reversal sequence to follow, and Shirai rides a side headlock for a long time. Shirai works both arms as forearms on the apron. There's a moonsault to the outside by Shirai, and corner forearms by Shotzi. There's a dragon whip off the top rope by Shirai, and a choke over the ropes. A low drop kick by Shirai, and a modified camel clutch. An abdominal stretch by Shirai, uh, an arm drag, a back elbow, mud hole stumps by Shirai, and a drop kick, and some corner chops by Shirai. Corner drop kick by Shotzi in a reverse. She does, it's, I want to call it a reverse sling blade because she sort of takes it from the same position, but it ends up in a bulldog. So an inverted sling blade, I really, I really don't know. It's, it's awesome. I'm biased. It's fine. Um, knee strikes by Shotzi. Both women trade some shots for a while. There's a crippler cross face by Shirai and the 619 misses. Insiguri by Shotzi and a cannonball and an underhook suplex. A double arm submission by Shotzi. Pancaked out by Shirai. 619 hits for the second time by Shirai followed by a drop kick. Super Hurricane Rana off the top rope by Shotzi followed quickly by a pump boot. Uh, German suplex on the apron by Shirai, not only looked dirty, not only hit the edge of the apron, but she fell out to the outside as well. Falls it up by a double knees on the outside, moonsault on the inside. Shirai gets the obvious win, but that... I don't want to be disrespectful, because Io Shirai's fucking awesome. Io getting the win here isn't the story, because nobody thought that that title... Or, I mean, it wasn't a title match, but nobody thought that she was losing this match, especially when we get some of the news we get later on. I have been saying, before she even debuted in NXT, I was doing videos on this channel. Hey, Io Shirai is coming. People thought I was lying. The announcement was made officially. I started telling you guys how great I thought Shotzi Blackheart was. I've been singing her praises since she came in, wanted her in a more prominent spot, even though, like, it's fine. She's having fun. She's rubbing, running over Robert Stone with the tank. It's all wonderful. It is the comedy that we need in wrestling. But I've been telling you guys like how great she could be. And I was surprised by the match we saw tonight. NXT opened the show tonight with approximately 21 minutes of one of my favorite women in the company and the current NXT women's champion. It's all great. Um... Really, really awesome show of respect between the two of them after the match. Shirai sort of raising her hand, putting her over a little bit. And Wade Barrett, who the entire match had been going on this whole thing, like, it, it's it's kind of cool, I guess. He's putting over, like, how weird she is, how off the wall she is, and pretending like he's scared of her, and I, I don't like the weirdos, you know? I shouldn't do accents. It's fine. After this match was over, he went into overdrive 
putting over Shotzi Blackheart, and it was really, really cool. I love Wade Barrett on commentary, by the way. Like, the announcement was made official. If the past two weeks didn't sort of put over the idea of Wade Barrett on commentary, no, he doesn't replace Mauro Ronaldo. Yes, it sucks that Mauro Ronaldo had to leave and, and handle his, his family business and whatever else he's dealing with. But in the absence of Mauro Ronaldo, uh, as a new voice on the commentary team and a, and a familiar voice if you've been watching WWE long enough Wade Barrett on commentary is fucking great I still think it's hilarious that his all his social media handles still say Stu Bennett but it is what it is because every every time they list him on social they don't list his his Twitter they just hashtag Wade Barrett because I guess they have to now I would have loved to see Shotzi win this match in some kind of fluke fashion and go on to take over, which is happening in a couple weeks, and get that title shot properly, even if she didn't win, give her the pay-per-view spot. The exact same thing I said about her as we went into the six-woman tag at In Your House. But instead, next week, which is going to be another really, really fun show, and another kind of different show, and another show where AEW fans are going to say, oh, well, they're just doing that so you'll watch it. Yep, that's kind of the point. We are getting a number one contender's battle royal for the women's championship shot at TakeOver, and it's going to be good, and all the people that you would think would be in it are in it, based on the graphic. Um, you know, Shotzi's in there, uh, Catanzaro and Carter are in there, uh, um... I don't know if Dakota Kai is in there, but Tegan Knox is in there, Candice LeRae is in there, Rhea Ripley's in there, Shotzi Blackheart's in there, Zia Lee is in there. Um, I don't know if everybody on the graphic is who's in the match or whether that was just a generic roster shot. But we're getting a battle royal, and battle royals are a big, big pile of people fun. Tommaso Ciampa destroyed some dude named Desmond Troy, and he tried to pick a leg at the beginning of the match. He tried to pull off a dropkick somewhere in the middle of the match. That was his only offense. Uh, the end, and I think he's going to work this into his, his repertoire from now on, is he did the um, the thing the other week to Jake Atlas where he slingshotted him into the metal into the metal rigging of the ring. Um, that was obviously a post-match assault, like, look how bad I can be thing. He did it on the bottom of the bottom turnbuckle bolt in the, in the context of the match and led that right into hitting the Willow's Bell for the win. Um, he did a couple of other things before we get there, but really he just smoked some dude that I don't know. But that, that catapult into the first turnbuckle as a setup is, is good. And if he's going to keep using that, that's awesome. Jake Atlas showed up on the ramp and called out Champa for next week. So you're going to, you know, he did the typical Snow White baby face thing. You lit a fire under me and next week you're going to find out how dangerous I am and, and he's going to die next week. That's what's going to happen. He's going to die. You're going to see a women's battle royal and you're going to see somebody die. It's fine. Uh, we got a backstage promo from Balor. These, um, it's funny because the way he cuts these promos if you look at them objectively, it's not that far off from how how Alistair Black was cutting those promos in the closet that were terrible and corny, but it's Balor, and he carries himself so well, and, it, and it's great. Um, he's just sort of looking off screen. He's pondering over the match last week and his win, and, you know, what does this title reign mean compared to my last title reign? Last time I was trying to build a brand. This time I'm, I've already built up myself. I've already built up this brand, and because I hold this title, it's now the most important title. In wrestling, I would, I would argue that the NXT Women's Championship is higher, but it is what it is. 
it's time for everybody else around here to fight for the chance to face me. And then he signs off by saying, look both ways before you face the prince, which is, which is fine and wonderful. Then we get Austin Theory coming out to the ring, cuts a little mini promo about how he's a future Hall of Famer and he's going to win. He's going to, you know, run roughshod over NXT and Bronson was just a fluke last week. He sets out an open challenge that's answered by Kushida and... Not that it has anything to do with this match, but as Kushida's coming down to the ring, no music, no nothing, just sort of like angry walking down to the ring, they mentioned that Velveteen Dream is injured and he's separated his shoulder or whatever the case may be, aka Triple H looked on Twitter and saw everybody pissed off that he had a diddler on his roster and wrote him off TV again, which is fine. Theory versus Kushida. Kick to the outside by Kushida and some mounted punches. There's a long set of chain wrestling. Kushida works the arm. Clothesline and some mounted punches by Theory, followed by a high knee. A snap suplex by Theory. Both men trade some more punches. There's a series of kicks by Kushida, a basement drop kick, a rolling heel kick by Kushida, and they brawl to the outside. Theory goes for a forearm on the outside and smashes his forearm against the post, which looked like it wrecked because it's supposed to look like it wrecked, which is fine. Kushida stomps him in the chest, locks him in the hoverboard lock once they get back in the ring, and gets a quick victory, which I'm sure he'll come out next week and say was a fluke just like Bronson Reed, and it's fine. It's... it's fine. It didn't take up too much time. Um, Kushida's apparently just a pissed-off asshole now. Okay. Kushida's just gonna start, like, racking... I mean... There's been stuff said about Austin Theory as well. I shouldn't dwell on that, you know. It is what it is, but if Austin or if Kushida's going to be the the instrument that they use to take out all these people that they may or may not want on screen, that's that's a really weird place to be on the roster, but uh for for a very for almost a flash of a match, uh it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad at all. Um we see the Garganos basically skyping in to the to the show. Um, complaining about how they have to celebrate their anniversary in front of the TV in the guest room because their TV got messed up last week in the dinner with Tegan Knox and all that sort of thing. And basically, long and short of it was, this was to put over the Women's Battle Royal that's taking place next week and to let us know that Candice LeRae is going to be in it and Tegan Knox is going to be in it. Tegan Knox did her own version of a Skype in later on in the show. It wasn't that great. I, I like Tegan. I do. Uh, I want great things for her. Her match against Io Shirai a little while ago was fantastic. Uh, her and Dakota Kai in Portland was one of the best women's matches NXT has done in a long time. And look at the ground that that covers. I don't really love her as a promo. But it is what it is. Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano being, a, uh, being the campy, the Gargano way type stuff. And they both put over the Women's Battle Royal for next week, which puts over that amazing women's roster that they have, and I mean, realistically, it's going to be Ripley, Shotzi, Candice, or Tegan, isn't it? I mean, the rest of them are in there. It's fine. They're starting to put some teams together, which which we're going to get to later on, but not everybody is is, is going in the same direction. If that, They've got such a, a large women's roster that they're not all bottlenecking at the one title, which... which creates an interesting dynamic. You know what else creates an interesting dynamic? Breezango are your fucking tag team champions. Breezango came out as the fashion police. I popped. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, they're taking on Imperium for the tag team championships. This is our first title match of the night. I'm gonna say a little bit of a spoiler here right now. On a night where we have two title matches, the non-title match that started the evening was the best match of the night. 
Uh, I don't know whether you want to call that irony or just the way everything happened to work out. If you swap out the opening match and the main event, this would have been a great show. And if you want to talk about the mid-card of NXT, none of the direct contenders for the main championship were there, and the main champion wasn't there. He cut a promo via via package or whatever. So this was an entirely mid-card episode of NXT, and look at how much we got. But Imperium are getting their rematch against Breezango for the for the NXT Tag Team Championships, and it's good. The Fashion Police are out there. Imperium rush the ring, try to jump them from behind. All four of them brawl, and then we get into the match itself. Fabian and Fandango actually start the match proper. There's a mud hole by Fabian. Uh, body shots by Barthel, and some more mud hole stomps. Chops by Fandango. Mounted punches by Barthel. A face wash by Barthel, and a jawbreaker, and a choke by Fabian, backdrop driver by Fabian, boot by Fandango, a front face lock by Fabian, and a rear chin lock by Barthel, butterfly suplex by Barthel, uh, double chop to the throat, I don't know, again, it's one of the, I don't know what you call it, but when, you, when they come at it uh, with the chop with both hands, and it, it almost, it's almost a uh, like a scissor or a pincer type chop, it's really, really effective, again, I don't know what to call things, you guys know this by now, um, Double drop kick by Imperium as we go to commercial break. Knee strike by Fandango brings us back from that commercial break. There's a series of back elbows and a clothesline. A hot tag to Breeze, who has a series of drop kicks and a knee bar. A uh, single leg crab by Breeze, a super kick, and a near fall off the super kick was really, really close and really, really well done. Deadlift brain buster by Fabian, uh, crossbody by Fandango. A pair of super kicks by Fandango, a snap suplex by Fabian. A series of chops by Fandango, followed by a tornado DDT. Flying forearm by Breeze. European. This is this is the this is the thing right here. They go for the European bomb on Tyler Breeze. He's up in the air because part of the European bomb is that is that vertical suplex or the electric chair drop that uh, that sets it up. Now Fandango comes in the back with a drop kick that sort of just sets them off a little bit. Breezeang or sorry uh, Tyler Breeze is able to turn it into a poison rana into a roll-up. Breezeango win. They've defended their tag team titles and because of what we're going to talk about next. I think that's the last we're going to talk about Imperium. What am I going to talk about next? They had a brief ad for the return of NXT UK, which is happening tomorrow, which, as you're listening to this live, happened today. Uh, I'm going to take a look at it. You guys know I, I reviewed it for a little bit, and then it kind of fell off because there was a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to play it by ear. Uh, I know they're doing a weird sort of British rounds tournament. I know the current feud around the women's championship is Piper Niven and Kaylee Ray. I know um, Ilya Dragunov is taking on Walter. Uh, I don't know whether it's for the title or not. So and and I know that they are really trying to hype up their tag team division. So that could be fun as well. I'm going to take a look at it. I'm going to see how it looks. I know they've got a brand new stadium or a, a brand new set up in London that basically looks like they've got a really, really, really polished version of of, uh, of Full Sail. Now, they haven't said, nobody has said whether there is going to be actual crowd there, fake crowd there, are they going to try and like simulate a crowd there. If it's happening in an empty studio like, X, uh, like NXT was at the beginning, I don't know whether I can sit through too much of that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, if it's really popping off, I'll come up here and, and start talking about it on a more regular basis because I doubt anybody else will. Um, but I'm just being honest with you guys. I'm going to see what they churn out tomorrow, and I'm going to play it by ear. 
Jesse Camilla and Zia Lee taking on Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, a.k.a. the Bucks, but a bit better. Um, Carter works on the arm in the early going, arm drag, arm bar, trip by Catanzaro and the low drop kick by Carter. Back to the arm bar by Carter, an arm drag and a double team and a clo um, clothesline by Camilla, which is fine. Chops by Lee, high knees and Superman forearm by Camilla. Carter and Lee trade some strikes, super kick for both women by Carter. And then Carter and Catanzaro do this weird double team drop kick crucifix combination to get the pin to get the win. Um, a lot like the opener, they, they come back to the middle at the end of this match, and there's a show of respect between three of them, like Jesse Camilla, Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter, all sort of like fist bump each other, Zia Lee is the odd one out, giving everybody a dirty look and walking away, so she's the tough one, guys, it's fine. Um, Carter and Catanzaro are so much fun, and again, it's not, it's not fantastic, it's not main event, it's not gonna set the world on fire, but it's fun! Shotzi Blackheart is fun. Fandango is fun. The the Garganos at home on Skype being weird because they don't get to watch the TV that they want to watch is just fun. Is it the best thing in the world? No. But is it the best thing in the world because it's a lot of fun? I think yes. A lot of you are going to say no. I, th I think Matt Seidel had a match on Dynamite tonight. I'm not sure. I haven't watched it. You guys know the drill. But it's nice to know that after you nearly kill a guy in the ring, he's got another match. I'm sure Matt Hardy will have another match because, you know, what, what's a concussion? Again, for the next little while, all they got to do is not almost kill one of their wrestlers. And they're beating AEW as far as I'm concerned. But a big congratulations to AEW. You wanted to break the one million... You got there, you got back on your night, and all we had to do was take away all your competition. Good. Little golf clap for you. It's fine. <laughs> Strong and Fish versus Maverick and Dane. We got another tag team match. Um, except we don't, because Dane doesn't show up, and Maverick gets his ass handed to him for a little while. Which also is fine. Maverick and Fish start the match as a double team instantly, close to the back. Um... By Strong in a one-punch knockdown. Chops in the corner by Strong. Chops by Maverick. Boot by Strong in a low drop kick by Maverick. Uh, second rope drop kick by Maverick. And uh, hard, hard, hard knee strikes by Bobby Fish. Cradle backbreaker by Strong. Uranagi backbreaker by Strong. Body shots by Maverick. And another Uranagi just for good measure as we go to commercial break. Um, we go to the back. Regal is yelling at Dane. Dane comes out. Uh, Undisputed Era are double-teaming Drake Maverick on the outside of the ring. And Dane comes down and throws Drake Maverick, his partner, back in the ring and says, there, I helped. And then he goes to walk away again because he's like, fuck this, I don't want to be this guy's partner. There's uh, been a couple backstage things before this match saying, you know, we're not friends. I don't want to be your partner. I'm the ogre. Look at me go. Um, so he tosses Maverick back in the ring and leaves. And Undisputed Era are dumb enough to say something stupid to him. So he comes back and beats the shit out of both of them. Uh, Bobby Fish hits him with a chair. And there's a DQ. Um, couple things here. I don't know what they're doing with Dane. I don't know what they're doing with Maverick. And I don't know what they're doing with the Undisputed Era. Um, but it's all a bit fun. Maverick and Dane stand tall because technically their team won by DQ. Uh, Maverick's trying to hype him up. He's like, ah, look, look, look how great we are. Look who we won. And Dane punches him in the face again and knocks him out, which is, which is fine, which is wonderful. And it made me laugh. Um, somebody tries to interview Jake Atlas in the back and Chamba beats the crap out of him, which is fine, which sets us up for next week. But Chompa's chased away 
by Kyle O'Reilly. Now, I know a lot of people have been speculating this for a while. You know, the disillusion of, of the Undisputed Era. No Adam Cole to be seen. The one dude in the hat that was, like, tending to Jake Atlas, I thought, was, was Cole, but apparently not. Adam Cole's not there. O'Reilly is helping Jake Atlas, of all people. I'm confused. And immediately before this, we saw Undisputed Era being dicks and then getting their asses handed to them for being dicks. So I really don't know. I really don't know. I'm really scared because if they break up the Undisputed Era, that means at least some of them are coming up to the main roster, and nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to. The only reason I will, I will accept any member of the Undisputed Era going up to the main roster is if we're getting some sort of title program between Matt Riddle and Kyle O'Reilly, but I don't think that's going to happen. William Regal comes, or he doesn't come out, but he has a, a little video segment. If you're not, you know, if there's not enough going on next week already with, you know, Ciampa's going to kill Jake Atlas, it's going to happen. We're going to have an amazing women's battle royal. And he talks about Finn Balor winning the championship last week and how he needs a new challenger because there's a takeover coming up. And he announces the Gauntlet Eliminator. Now, I don't know about you guys, but... I play a lot of WWE video games, and I like that you can customize matches. And the one thing that I've always done in the games that let me was they let me change the Royal Rumble so that elimination was not by going over the top rope. Elimination was by pin or submission. And it made the game a little bit more fun. You could do a lot more. You could get weapons involved depending on what game you were playing, and it was fine. The Gauntlet Eliminator, as explained by William Regal, two men enter. Every four minutes, another man enters. Pinner submission only to eliminate your opponents. And the winner will face Finn Balor at TakeOver. We are getting a Royal Rumble by pinfall. That's the second thing in recent memory that I've done on a video game that then became a thing in WWE. This and Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley being a cool tag team. There's no MVP on my game, so it's fine. Um, so next week, we've got this Gauntlet Eliminator. We've got the Women's Battle Royal. We've got Atlas getting killed by Tommaso Ciampa. I... <laughs> I'm really tired, but this... Like, there's good... And they're doing new shit. And it's not... It's not reinventing the wheel. Like... It's kind of a battle royal, it's kind of a royal rumble, it's kind of an elimination chamber without the chamber, it, it's just a little tweak, it's just a little something different, and I like it. And then we're getting a standard battle royal as well, and then we're getting Ciampa killing a fool, and next week's going to be really good. Priest versus Thatcher from the North American Championship, and the best I can say about this is it was two guys that really know what they're doing, it was two really good wrestlers, and it was a really functional first match for Priest. I recognize the insane talent that is Timothy Thatcher, and I know he's got something to contribute to this brand. I don't think I or he or they have decided what exactly that is yet. Very, very functional. He's he's a very... Uh, I said this in a, in a podcast with Jake a while ago. I think we were getting ready for TakeOver 30. Um... 
because I said it about Thatcher, but I also said it in the tag team division about Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, is I don't think they're necessarily going to have titles. They're going to be like the final boss that you have your new talent fight to be like, oh my God, can you believe he beat that guy? I think Thatcher's going to fill that role, and that's kind of sad, but at the same time, I really like Priest. So here we go. Collar and elbow tie up, and Thatcher bars the arm, follows up with some knee strikes. Rolling arm drags by Priest. Um... Sorry, I totally lost my place because I'm a moron. Uh, collar and elbow tie-up again by um, by Priest and Thatcher. Arm drag armbar by Priest, headlock by Thatcher. Both men trade some shoulder tackles and uppercut by Thatcher. These are two huge guys as well. So when they're doing those shoulder tackles, it's it's just, it's that... I don't, I don't know why I'm doing this. If you're listening to me in an audio platform, I promise that's just me punching my fists together and nothing else. Um, uh, they, they brawled it. Sorry. I am very, very tired. Uh, second uppercut sends Priest to the outside, and Priest eats the steps as they brawl. Underhook suplex on the floor by Thatcher sends us to the commercial break. We come back from the commercial break. There's a grounded abdominal stretch by Thatcher. Body shots by Priest. A lariat by Priest. A corner forearm. A broken arrow. I love the broken arrow because it's a falcon arrow toss. And, I mean, that's that's terrifying. And especially, again, consider the size of the guys we're dealing with here. These are not cruiserweights. To toss to toss Thatcher, Falcon Arrow style, is no is no small feat. Single leg crab by Thatcher, arm bar by Thatcher, flatliner by Priest, and he hits the south of heaven, which I guess is that weird side slam, choke slam thing that he does. Spin kick by Priest, a top rope spin kick by Priest, followed by the reckoning, and Priest gets a damn good, if not, kind of predictable win and he's still your North American champion. Now, next week Priest looks good as their champion. Brizango, I don't care. They're a feel-good set of champions. They are the guys that we thought were going to be doomed to be tag team Zigglers forever and they've busted their ass. They've done every stupid ridiculous comedy thing WWE has asked them to do. Let them enjoy this. It's probably not going to last very long. I don't care. It's fun. Shotzi went in there and had a 20-minute match with your current champion, which, if that's any indication of what she's going to do in the future, that's fucking fantastic. The the Dane and Maverick thing? Yeah, it's dumb. But guess what? Wrestling is dumb. And looking forward to next week, we got that Gauntlet Eliminator. We've got the Battle Royal. We've got, as I'm going to say again, we're going to have Ciampa killing Jake Atlas, and it's fine. This was very fun, very functional, not going to set the world on fire, but I still had a damn good time wrestling. Now, one thing i got to address, because everybody has messaged me on Twitter about it. Um, I have Disney+. Plus. Why did I get Disney+. Plus? I got Disney+, Plus to watch The Mandalorian. Sasha Banks is in season two of Mandalorian. That was fun while it lasted. <laughs> I've been spazzed your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, tagging out, guys. Bye. Don't afraid.